Chapter 14, Part 1 They entered Bothwell with little fanfare, passing in with several other caravans coming in from the south and east. Mal asked if they could drop her off at a friend's house she planned to stay at during her visit to the city. Bothwell was divided into ringed tiers, with the nobility living at the rings closest and highest to the castle, and the lower tiers branching out into less and less wealthy areas. Mal's friend lived in the lowest tier. Some alchemist she met years back had introduced her to the man that would later become her second husband. Christian and Erica's first experience of the interior of the city was mixed. The city had been built like a giant wheel, with the castle the focal point. Lanes that served no purpose other than travel between the tiers were built, extending out like spokes. While inside the spokes, the walls and roads were clean, well-kept, and well-guarded. Once they arrived at their gate and entered into the tiered district where Mal's friend lived, it reminded them more of some of the worst slums in Calment. Jenner thought it might be what the haulers might look like had it been allowed to spill out into the open air. He even questioned driving the carriage into the area, but Mal said all would be fine. She stepped out of the carriage and rode up top with Jenner. She pulled her hood back and donned a pair of gold-rimmed spectacles. Do they help much? Jenner asked. The woman said, smiling and waving to some street urchins who stopped at their playing to look to the pretty carriage. Whether it was her presence, or just that the area looked worse than it was, but the trip through the dilapidated buildings and streets was fine. When they reached their destination, Mal had to stop them or they would have passed it. No sign or light marked the shop. It could have just been part of an abandoned building that they had passed. Mal hopped off the carriage, walked over to the door, and rapped on it with a short cane she carried. Then she walked over to a collapsed building and rapped on one of the outer stones. The sound of metal whirring into motion filled the air, and what had looked like a collapsed building turned out to be some sort of stable. The front part of the building lifted up, revealing it was little more than a painted wooden frame. Realizing her intentions, Jenner started to say that they had places to go, but Mao rattled off a string of words which he understood to the extent that they were being invited in for dinner and that it would be rude to refuse. That is what Christian said, and Erica nodded in agreement. Jenner smiled and shook his head, but came to the conclusion that anyone looking for them would not look for them here. Mal tried to help guide the horses into the stable. Jenner explained he was more than capable on his own, but she seemed to ignore him. Meanwhile, the front door that she had knocked on earlier opened up, and a short, diminutive figure stepped out from the bright lights radiating inside the building. He had short, thick salt-and-pepper hair, which stuck out frayed around his head. There was a hint of smoke wafting up from it. He had what looked like smithing goggles over his eyes, the thick glass giving him a bug-eyed appearance. He had a metal plate strapped to his chest arms and legs, with thick, rubbery-looking material underneath. 
He wobbled as he moved, as if bending his legs in the outfit was out of the question. Hi, he said, waving at Christian and Erica, who were standing out in the street while Mal and Jenner finished parking the carriage. Hi, Christian said, waving back. Hi, he said again, looking at them. <laughs> Hi, Erica said. Hi, came the response. Erica broke out into a stream of giggles. The little man's voice was high-pitched, almost a squeak. Oiaz, Mal called out, stepping out from the camouflage stable. Hi, Mal, the man said, waddling over to Mal and giving her a hug. You, Oz, Mal said, returning the hug. Hi, Mal's friends. I'm Oz. Pleased to meet you, Oz said, making his way over to each one and shaking their hands. It's a pleasure to meet you too, friend, Jenner said. Listen, we don't mean to impose. We have other places to go if we're not what. Jenner's talking was cut short after Mal whacked him across the back of the head with her cane. Gads, woman, what was that for? Jenner asked, clutching a hand to the back of his bruised head. I didn't or a year. In rule and we Mal said, shaking the cane at Jenner. She continued, taking Oz's arm as he led her into the shop, waving at the rest of them to follow. Erica laughed even harder. I didn't catch all of that. What did she say? Jenner asked, looking into the light of the shop. She said to be patient. Oz can be a little hard to understand, Erica said, letting a grin fill her face. He is not that bad, Christian said, following the two into the shop. Jenner and Erica looked at one another and shook their heads, sharing a smile. They walked in after Christian, Jenner shutting the door behind them. Inside, Jenner was curious as to the nature of business Oz was running. Beakers and burners covered a central table, and metallic parts, copper wires, brass tubes, vats of black sludge also invaded the table space. Small chains ran from wall to wall, various tools and implements hanging from the links. Dried plants were held in others, the buds shriveled up, long since dead. Some large steel box sat in the corner of the room, emitting a low-level hum. Sparks of lightning leapt from the machine into a coiled bar above it, which in turn caused a glass sphere to fill with orange light. Oz continued to lead Mal through the room into an adjoining space. He then popped his head back in, saying, Come, and waved them on. Jenner continued, ducking under some low-hanging contraptions that were fixed to the ceiling. Erica followed after, but Christian was taken in by the unusual inventions everywhere. Did you make all of this stuff? he asked, but noticed his host had left him behind when he heard no response forthcoming. He spun a little square-shaped metal cylinder around on an axle, watching it turn round and round, before joining everyone else in the next room. Oz was busy helping Mao to a seat. Jenner and Erica took seats at the table as well, Christian joining them later.
You may clear space to eat. I do not mind. Just do not break stuff, please, Oz said, waddling back off into the back room. The dining table was indeed piled high with contraptions, which Oz promised were not dangerous. They set them on counters and pushed others aside. Mal chatted a bit, telling them how she had met Oz years ago when she had first come to Bothwell, having a misunderstanding with the watch and finding herself in his neck of the city. She had seen him walking late one night, with a mechanical knight following him around, the helm shining light out of the visor to guide the way. Oz returned a few minutes later, having traded his armored suit for a brown, grease-spackled robe. He set down utensils and dishes. Erica picked up what she thought was a fork and regarded it with caution. It looked like someone's idea of a fork, who had to recall one from an old memory, and assembled it with parts lying around. Jenner took a plate and a set of utensils, saying they were very eccentric and had character, which seemed to please Mal. Oz returned to the kitchen and came back with a bucket full of biscuits and a canister full of some cream-colored viscous liquid. He set them down on the table, leaving once more and returning with two bowls, one holding some small, long, light, green-colored vegetable, and the other bowl looked to contain some sort of spongy white cheese. Ah, I love vegetables, Christian said, taking one of the green objects from the bowl when Oz set it down, and popped it into his mouth, chewing on it. Mal watched Christian with rapt fascination, while Oz lifted his goggles and stared at Christian, wide-eyed. What? Christian asked. Erica looked at the table and shrugged, reaching for one of the little vegetables herself. Her hand got to the edge of the bowl before Christian reached out and stopped her. What? she asked echoing Christian's earlier question. She looked up to see his face, and, look, and he looked quite distressed. Hot, was his only response, his face twisting in pain. He let go of her hand, his hands clenching his ears. He moved to get up, but wound up on the floor, keeling over. Are my ears bleeding? It feels like my ears are bleeding, he moaned, rolling on the floor, his eyes watering. Oz dashed back out of the room, while Mao and Jenner got up to look at Christian. Erica knelt down by his side. Are you okay, Christian? Erica said, her voice filled with concern. Christian had his eyes clenched, drool spilling out of his mouth. Do something, Erica said, looking up to Jenner and Mao. Oh, oi, Mao muttered, walking away, losing interest. Jenner did his best not to smile. He had enough experience with various foreign dishes to know a lava pepper when he saw one. He'll live, though he'll be in quite a bit of pain depending on how hot that particular variety was, Jenner said, offering to help Christian to his feet. But the boy shook his head, preferring to shake on the floor and suffer. Oz returned, bringing a cup with him, walking over to Christian. Wash mouth, do not drink, he said, offering Christian the cup. Christian sat up, blinking tears away, his tongue hanging out of his mouth. His face was a deep crimson. 
Christian took the cup, spilling the cool liquid into his mouth. He held it like instructed. It had a bland, sour taste, and within seconds, the pain in his mouth subsided. Christian looked to spit the liquid out, but Oz held up a hand to stop him. Just let it sit. You do, yes, Oz said, helping Christian up. Christian returned to his seat, who looked exhausted, his cheeks bulging with the cooling liquid. Oz explained that the peppers were used to season the stew, but that they should not be eaten. He demonstrated by cutting the tip of one and squeezing a drop into a bowl, which he then poured the stew into and stirred. He broke a biscuit in half and scooped some cheese onto it, then dunked it into his stew, taking a bite afterward, and looked with encouragement at Jenner and Erica. Mal was already digging in. Jenner was the first to try, and he found it much to his liking. Where's this from? Jenner asked. Own stuff, Oz said. Hearts from all lands, cheese and stew and bread and peps and milk. Mal show how to spice food for me. Jenner nodded at Mal, telling her that her recipe was quite tasty. Jenner had a bit of a weak spot for foreign food. He loved the exotic flavors and heavy spices, something he felt that the local fare lacked. Erica joined in, breaking a biscuit up and dropping it into her stew, using a spoon to eat it. She passed when offered a drop of the flavor from the pepper, but Jenner added one, then another, after sampling the altered taste. Christian sat with a bored look, until Oz said it was okay to drink the liquid he had been holding in his mouth. Christian swallowed, and although some of the heat returned, it was nowhere near as painful as when he had first eaten the pepper. He also passed on the stew, eating a biscuit with cheese, which tasted rather dry, but he thought it might be because of the pepper. So how do you make a living here, Oz? Jenner asked between bites. Oz looked sidelong at Mal, who nodded. I make things, spark things and smoke things and zap things, he said with a hint of pride in his voice. Dabbler in the sciences, eh? Oz nodded. Is that why you live here? Jenner asked. Oz nodded again. The study of science is outlawed in most of the realms, save Orin, where it is met with mixed results. In Calment, Majir see it as a threat to the balance of power. Magic takes years of study and devotion, and a certain inclination. Science can be used by anyone, with no work or real responsibility. Any commoner could unlock its potential, which the Majir view as a dangerous situation, giving power to just anyone, Christian said. Oz nodded his agreement. But that does not keep people from pursuing it. In fact, my father has told me that there are secret societies devoted to the arts. Christian finished. You don't seem to mind, Jenner said, looking to Mal. I would think a practitioner of the arts would not look well upon someone ignoring the laws that were set down by fellow Majir in the first place. Mal just shrugged, turning her palms up in indifference. Well, I hope it doesn't cause you too much trouble, Jenner finished. Watch come and break my stuff, time to time, but they know bug Oz much, the man said, eating his meal like he was dissecting it. 
They ate in silence for the rest of dinner. Oz said that he had spare rooms if they wished to stay, but Jenner said they needed to be moving on. He did say that they would come back and visit sometime if time permitted. Did you make this yourself? Jenner asked Oz as the man opened the false wreckage to allow their carriage back out. Oz nodded. Jenner was impressed with the man's artistic talent. He wondered what kind of things a man of Oz's disposition could produce if placed in a more cooperative environment. But a project for another day, Jenner thought to himself as he checked the reins on the horses. They still needed to be fed and were quite hungry by this time. Christian and Erica were already climbing back into the carriage as it backed out of the stable. Oz and Mao waved them at the door, seeing them off. It was late by the time they made it to the nearest main road. In Bothwell, it cost nothing to enter the city, but there was a tax for leaving a tier. It was minor, but enough that the poor people sometimes had trouble leaving, destitute as they were. It was a rule instituted by the current king. It puzzled many, including the king's own advisors, who said they would much prefer if the people could not pay taxes were kept out of the city, not in it. Jenner explained that the city had seven tiers, and that Geddon was rumored to be planning on adding an eighth and ninth one soon. They made their way to the city's third ring. The roads were quiet, and the watch patrolled often. A couple of times they were hassled for permits, but Jenner knew enough of the workings of the city to know when he was trying to be made a fool of. They got off with some harsh language, but that was all the protocol they could throw at them. Where are we staying anyway? Erica asked. My mother's old winter house. She hasn't used it since she moved south, but she doesn't sell anything. Normally I'd rent a room at an inn, but we might be here a bit. The place is nice, it's free, and it's been unlived in long enough to have fallen off the records, Jenner explained. The houses in the third tier were very beautiful, even at night. Large tracts of land sprawled between each building, with large sections of lawn, trees, and flowers. This tier was the last built before the old king gave worry to expansion. You won't find peace and quiet like this in any of the higher tiers. Jenner went on to say. Christian and Erica agreed. It was the exact opposite of where Mao's friend lived. Where do people do their shopping at? Christian asked, looking around at all the residences. Oh, there's a market here, a grocery there, but they look just as grand as the houses do. Look over there, Jenner said, pointing to a one-floor building. Christian looked over. It had several columns of windows and a slatted roof, with various flowers growing on the pillars out front. He squinted, making out a sign swinging from a post out front by a latticed fence. The tiers bordering this one have a fair share of shopping areas, too. This was kind of the last hurrah of extravagant building. You could say it's all downhill from here, Jenner chided. But it's all built on a hill. Christian pointed out. Right you are, Chris, right you are, Jenner said, shaking his head. Does it bother the king that no one lives in a house in such a nice place? Christian asked. Well, mother still pays taxes on the land. 
She still pays for the groundsmen to come and upkeep the lawns every week as well. No doubt it's their favorite type of resident. Pays on time, doesn't complain, and the neighbors don't complain about them. I guess. Seems kind of wasteful to pay for something you do not use, Christian commented. Welcome to nobility. It is, as the saying goes, a nice place to visit, but you wouldn't want to live there, Jenner said. They passed a few more houses, making their way around the circle. As they came to another main road, the trail they were on ducked into an underpass. The walls seem higher here than they were where Oz lived, Christian noted, looking at the ornate patterns and murals as they continued. It's just the buildings aren't built up as high here, and it's not as crowded. Makes the whole thing look taller, Jenner said. It must have taken a long time to build all of this stuff, Erica remarked. Well, my mother's mother grew up here, and I think her mother's mother's mother moved here when the castle was just a keep, and part of the city was inside the wall, and part was outside, which is now the first two tiers, respectively. So that's what, 80, 90 years in the making? Jenner explained. Wow, that's really old, Erica exclaimed. Oh, well, it's definitely older, Christian said. Jenner drove the cart until they reached a rather simple-looking house that was built close to the wall that separated the third tier from the fourth. It looked to be blue, or maybe purple. It was hard to tell in the light. I was expecting something more grand after your mansion, Erica said, sounding a bit disappointed. Let me just say that Mother and I disagree on how one should live their life, Jenner said. You two do not get along, do you? Christian asked. Ah, she's fine as mothers go. Very loving, can be supportive. She just doesn't understand my lifestyle, Jenner explained, closing the doors to the carriage house and going up the walk to the front door, digging through the ring of keys in his pocket. I mean, if she despised me, she wouldn't give me a key to the house, or occasionally stop in to visit or see a production. We just can't be in each other's presence for extended periods of time before arguments happen. Me and Mom used to argue with Dad all the time, Erica said. Poor man, Jenner added. Erica shrugged, becoming somber after her statement. Jenner found the key he was looking for and opened the door. The smell of maple and lilac assaulted them when the doors were opened so much so that it made their eyes water. Christian coughed. That's mother for you. Jenner found the wallstone and passed his hand over it. Enchanted glass orbs filled with a yellow light through the hall and living room. Magic, Christian said. While not as spacious as my place, you'll find it's a lot more luxurious. Mother spent a lot of money having Majir-powered devices used for every convenience. The house feeds off two wells that never empty, even if the underground rivers they feed from dip low. One well is fixed to always be cool, while the other one is always hot. There are wall stones like this, he said, pointing to the one he just used, in every room, defeating the need for lamps or sconces. The stove is enchanted like the well, so fire is not needed for cooking. 
That must cost a fortune, Christian said, who had seen the bills the watch received whenever they needed the Magier's assistance. More than the house itself, I'm told, Jenner said. Well, go on, he said after a moment, seeing Eric and Christian still standing in the entryway. Erica smiled, and Christian nodded, as they went about exploring the house. It was small compared to the mansion. The downstairs held a living room, a bedroom, a kitchen, a dining room, and a small bathroom with a toilet. The upstairs had two bedrooms, a large bathroom that included a showering area, and a bathtub that was separate from the shower. There was also a small study that held a few shelves of books and an atlas of the known continent. What's this? Erica asked while she explored the kitchen. It looked like a large stone box with a handle on the side. Oh, it's for storing food, so it keeps longer than a few days, Jenner explained, pulling on the handle. The front section of the box pulled forward, then swung on hinges to the side. It's enchanted kind of like the well to stay cool, he said, showing the inside. There were a few shelves, and it was empty, but they could feel the cool air mist out of it. I used to leave it open in the hot summer days to cool off, but it ruined the food faster, I found out later. Mother sure was mad when she found out that was why the food was spoiling so fast. Uh, where should we sleep? Erica asked. Uh, the upstairs bed should be fine. I usually crash in the downstairs one anyway. A few of my things are still there. In the morning, we'll need to buy some groceries and do a little clothes shopping for the two of you, seeing as we had to leave in a hurry. I'll stop at the bank to dip into some of my savings, and we'll be good to go. Christian and Erica nodded saying goodnight, and then headed upstairs, deciding to share a room, Christian taking the floor and Erica the bed. She was starting to feel safe again. As Erica crawled into bed, Christian looked out the window, which was positioned so he had a view of the lower tiers. He had not realized the scale of the city until now. It was spread out as far as he could see to the left and right, and it was but a small fragment of the wheel. Each tier seemed to be pretty wide as well, a result of the continuing sprawl of the city. Erica kneeled up in bed, leaning against the headboard, as she joined Christian by the window. Do you think my sister's out there somewhere? she asked. I do, Christian said. They all slept in for the first time in what seemed like weeks, though it had been days at most. They walked over to a circular house which Christian and Erica learned was an inn of sorts. It only served food and it didn't have any bar stools, just tables to sit at and eat. Not even any dartboards or other pub games. Christian was disappointed with the setting. They were in for another surprise when they were presented with sheets of parchment which they could order from. Christian helped Erica out with some of the words he had not yet taught her. It was very different than anything Christian had been to before. All of the women working wore long dresses, with shirts buttoned all the way to the collar, and he never saw any one of the customers yell at them or pinch one on the behind. Everyone ate with utensils, and no one looked drunk. The patrons seemed to be couples and families, no groups of friends toasting. Is it more lively at night? Christian asked. 
Actually, they close shortly before sunset, Jenner replied. Christian shrugged, confused by the new atmosphere. Their meal arrived in short order, and it was a little plain in their opinion, but good. After a late breakfast, they traveled around the area to see what other shops were available. The clothing places were all a little too high-end for what Jenner was looking for. We'll need to travel down a tier or two to find something that doesn't draw too much attention, Jenner said. They have a real racket going with all these fees, Christian said as they walked towards one of the main roads. Well, now that we have this, Jenner said, producing a small capped scroll from his pocket, it won't be a problem. What's that for? Erica asked. It's a writ that gives us free passage. Any resident can buy one, and it's good for a year. They're pricey, but if you live here, it's worth it. What's pricey? Erica asked. Twenty gold. Twenty gold? Do you know how long a watchman has to work to see twenty gold? Christian said. Well, watch get one after a year of service as part of the job. And they can transfer posts between tiers. But yeah, I agree. Does the king realize that not everyone can afford something like that? Christian asked. Uh, Christian, I think the king knows exactly that, Jenner said. They reached the main road. Christian learned there were five total that spread out throughout the tiers. The roads were packed, but a ruler at some point had seen to build walkways just for foot traffic along the sides. Minutes later, they were in the fifth tier. The fifth tier reminded Christian a bit of Calment, if just on the layout. There were established streets and rows of houses intermixed with rows of shops. There were still occasional pockets of trees and grass that were sectioned off. Areas called parks, Jenner explained. They were protected lands that people could not build on to help keep Bothwell beautiful. Jenner, how big are the tiers? Christian asked. Well, I don't know the specifics, but uh, I've been told the 6th and 7th tiers are so large that if you were to start walking in one direction, you couldn't get back to where you started in the same day, Jenner explained. Don't worry, it's large, but not overwhelming. We'll find what we need, he added, seeing the looks on their two faces. He'd seen many people realize the scope of the city before. They walked around till they found a clothier that suited Jenner. Christian picked out a few sample shirts and pants that were made to fit with little alterations. Erica got a couple of dresses and some more practical clothes. She said so many outfits were unneeded, but inside it made her ecstatic to get to pick out clothes like her mother used to do with her. They stopped at one more clothier and to tailor for a few things for Jenner before they called it a day eating at an Arcturn-themed tavern before heading back. They spent the next couple days getting things for the house, some furnishings, filling the pantry and the cold storage with foods and other goods. Jenner took stock of all of the emergency supplies and bought a few odds and ends to round everything out. Specialty gear like lockpicks and night cloaks, cloaks made of a dark material that made traveling at nighttime as inconspicuous as possible. He also bought two more writs so Erica and Christian could be able to pass through the gates on their own. 
Christian winced at the expenses, but Jenner explained that very soon they would need to split up if they were ever going to get anything done in a reasonable amount of time. The last stop was the Bank of Bothwell. There were offshoots of the main building in each tier, Jenner explained to them, but they were visiting the main location in the first tier. Erica took an instant liking to it. The houses were very tall and skinny, with heavy thought given to design and appearance. The houses were built in long rows, with windows so close that Christian wondered if the neighbors had any privacy from one another. There were also long structures that housed many people. In Calment, in the poorer sections of the city, the council had built housing that held room for dozens of people within the same building, with small private rooms. Jenner said it was like that to some degree, except these had very spacious rooms where the upper class lived. Most had their own eateries and clothiers on the premises, kind of like a miniature town within a town. They were self-sufficient enough that some people who lived, them, lived in them never left. The richest of the housing tents, as they were called, had entertainment centers and schools. But the city is so versatile. Why would anyone move here just to live inside a little bubble? Christian asked. Eh, teach their own. I never really took a liking to them, but uh, I can't dispute the convenience. It's never a cold walk in the winter or trudging through the rain or snow. Many of them have air cooled that circulates in during the summer, keeping them comfortable on sweltering days, Jenner explained. But is that not all, well, part of life? Christian asked. Well, money can buy many conveniences, you'll learn. Most people want to live a life they can enjoy, and not everyone enjoys cold mornings and rainy days, Christian. Christian was just not sure what to think of it all. The bank turned out to be a large stone building built facing the northern mountains. It was also one of the noisier places they had been to. Upon entering the building, the structure transformed into a labyrinthine arrangement of halls, rooms, and corridors. Jenner navigated it all with well-practiced memory. Erica held on to Christian and Jenner, one with each hand, keeping them together. Men and women in fine-dressed suits waited on finer-looking people dressed in the latest fashions. It was the first time Erica thought Jenner looked underdressed for an occasion. Oh, Mr. Repulsed, it is a pleasure to see you again. What brings you to our fine establishment today? A short, balding Oren man, who looked like he may have once been a huge fan of intense labor in his earlier days, but had let himself go as of late, spoke as he saw Jenner enter the room. Ah, as attentive as always, Mr. Yenin. Just here to take out a little spending money for my stay, Jenner said, walking over and giving the man a hug. And who are your friends? Mr. Yenman asked. Theater talent, here to scout out a few shows, see what they can do. Pleasure to meet you as well, Mr. Yenman said, giving Christian a firm handshake and then taking Erica's hand and giving it the lightest of squeezes. So what shall it be today, sir? I think a hundred gold should do it, at least to start, Jenner said to the banker. Excellent, sir, just a moment, Mr. Yenman said, taking a seat at his desk and retrieving some parchment and a pen from his desk. He began scribbling something onto the paper. 
Has my mother come through lately? Jenner inquired. She has not, sir. It has been several months to the best of my recollection. She does, however, have a servant come once every three weeks to make deposits and handle the accounts. She's transferred a rather large amount to our Oran office over the past year. She's really taken with the country, Jenner said. Indeed, Mr. Yenman said. Well, next time you see her, or her attendant, give her my love, will you, Yenman? Of course, sir, Mr. Yenman said, finishing up his writing, then rolling the parchment up, melting some wax into it, and pressing it with a seal. He then presented the scroll to Jenner. They shook hands again, and Jenner bid him good day. Jenner then led them down a maze of hallways until they reached the vault office, where Jenner exchanged his writ for his money in several denominations and sizes. He gave a good amount to Christian and Erica, all in silver and bronze coins, then took the rest in gold coins and sticks. By the time they were done with everything, three days had passed since their arrival. Hello, and thank you for listening to the World of Grey podcast. For any questions about the podcast or the books in general, email me at podcast at josephporthos.com. My two books, Fallen Throne and Dark Halo, are available for download on the Amazon Kindle store for the low price of $3 apiece. I don't output a ton of updates, but when I do release one, you can find it on Facebook at Joseph Porthos or on my website located at josephporthos.com. I hope you enjoyed today's chapter, and I look forward to you tuning in again next time. This is Joseph Porthos, signing off.